That's a sports ball. Sports Com- ball. Coming to you from the Sports Ball Studios. You are now listening to the Small Monster Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Small Market Podcast with your host, Watucky and Hoffman. How you doing today, Watucky? Doing real good. It's finally warmed up outside, Hoffman. I know. I'm loving it. First time ever this year. You brought the warm weather back with you. I, I sure did. That was intentional. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm just getting my timer started so we can get to the, the sports ball really quickly. What do you want to start with? Oh, Hoffman, do you want to just start with the big hitter, the, the NFL draft, or did you want to... Yeah, we can start with the NFL draft. Yeah, what are you thinking? Well, I don't... Well... <laughs> <laughs> what am I thinking of? That's, that's an interesting question. What are you thinking? I'm thinking it's freaking disgusting, Hoffman. What are you talking about? Okay. The situation no, the Detroit freaking Lions find themselves in. This is probably the best position I've seen them in come draft time i don't know in years man because for a change we actually don't need one of everything we don't need one of everything hoffman i would say i feel so confident in this team coming off of last year and then seeing who they've picked up in free agency i don't think they need anybody this year and with the prospect of uh mr a.a ron not being in our division that's even more hopeful. It's it's wide open at this point. Right. I mean, who's your biggest challenger? The Vikings? I, yeah. I think the Vikings are probably our biggest challenge. They've got the most uh, formidable team. Like last year, they were they looked good. The year before that, they looked good. So, you know. I But I don't fear them to the degree of, should I say, should I say the Packers? It's not that I fear them. It's just the Packers always found a Weasley way to win. That's, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, it's not a fear. It's just like you just knew it was coming almost. Yeah. It was like, all right, well, we're up still, but there's a lot of game left. Right. You know. How are we going to get cheated this time? Exactly. You know? And I hate to be that way, but it's just, it. it's like we either, we always found a new way to lose or like the Packers just found a way to like, to sneak in a win when they really didn't deserve it. That's they, did exactly. that. they did that enough. And we, we beat them the last couple times. And fair then, and square, or just soundly, you know. Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely correct, and and now the Lions sit here with, like you said, Aaron Rodgers more than likely out of the division, the division that's there for the taking, and you have a team that is fully loaded, and now enters a 2023 draft where you can take the first, the the top available player. You don't need to fill any holes. We're not drafting to fill spots. We're drafting to add depth. And that is what championship teams do. Championship teams are championship teams when they get to that position where they're drafting for depth, where they can trade off draft picks and pick up big-name free agents down the line. I mean, if they wanted to trade away their top picks and pick up a big-name defensive end, if they want to do that and go out and get a different quarterback. I I mean, I'm I'm not advocating and saying get rid of golf i'm just saying like there are so many options on the table that now you can do whatever you want true and 
Go ahead. Now, well, I, I was just going to say, now, I love Lions football, but I don't get fanatical about it I to the point. I do. Any, I, <laughs> well, and I used to. I used to every year, but like this year, it seems everybody else around me is getting you know, uber fanatical about it. And that's fine, but... Join I'm, us, Hoffman. I'm used to getting my heart broken, so I am totally like, okay, I'll believe it. I... I I'll believe it when I see it, and this is what's going to make me a believer. Remember when the Red Wings were, um, they were such a dynasty that everybody, every star player in the league wanted to come to them? Chris Chalios and Brett Hall and guys just coming out of the woodwork and like, you hey, know. We'll take a little bit less to be on this contending right. team. Just because I, I want, you know, I want a championship or I want one last look at a championship and sure enough they got it i'll get to i'll feel that way when like the lions become a team that that players are like i want to add to the effort yeah i want to come there yeah not for little to no money but i want to come there because i believe in their culture and i like what they're doing and i want to i want to help make that i think make that a thing i think that narrative starting to change i, hope I so, think you're yeah. starting to get there with them um but as far as this this draft goes, Hoffman, I, the only thing I can think of, I mean, you really shored up that secondary in free agency. Yeah, your true. offense was humming along last year. You went and got David Montgomery. Um, you let, or well, I don't say you let, but Jamal Williams signed with the Saints, mm-hmm. um, which I'm still stewing about. But you know, there had to have been a reason behind that. that behind that, um, DeAndre Swift is your backup to Montgomery, and he is very injury-prone. He is. You have a guy by the name of Bijan Robinson out of Texas who is widely regarded as the top running back in this year's draft. I could see him going at six to the Lions. He okay. is probably the one guy that I would, if, if there's anybody in the draft that appeals to me that I'd like to see that I think can improve the team right off the bat, it's probably him. I like that. I like that one. For sure. So, but Definitely. like I said, there, there's no real need. You can roll into the regular season with what you have without drafting anyone. You're just adding more wealth, right? At this point, I think last year was probably the last year that we we had we had needs that needed to be fulfilled, and I think it started with Aiden Hutchinson, and it it really it was a beautiful thing to watch the team kind of rally around that, like that, what he brought and what Jamal Williams brought to the team. And, and Jared Goff, too. And watch James Houston come out of nowhere yeah. halfway through the season. I mean, that's Absolutely. that's unexpected. Right, you know? right. Yeah. It's, and Amonra, you know, like, the, I, yeah, I, I, like, I like the direction they're going. I really do like the direction they're going. I'm looking forward to, you know, I hope they get off to a quick start this year. That's my only concern is is that they, they keep with that momentum. That so. that could be, I, how many times have we seen it, though, the hype and then, right. then the let off at the uh, start the of the season? Yeah, exactly. There's, it, there's a little bit, there is a different feel to it, though. Everybody, because everything I've heard, people are talking about the Lions, which is strange. The national. Yeah, because usually we're like, we're you know, widely overlooked or, or ignored. So, yeah. Moving on to another to another topic, 
what do you think? Should we get into Caitlin Clark? You want to talk about that a little bit? We could. I'd like to get your opinion on on that whole situation. Maybe you could uh, kind of give a, a quick rundown of it, Hoffman, and then I'd like to get your opinion because so, I have my own. Caitlin Clark, great, amazing athlete. Polarizing to the point that it's got people watching not only a like a female driven not only a uh, a female sport but a college female sport which is absolutely unheard of this is the that's fantastic i have absolutely no um i, I full support i think that's amazing i think super cool yeah so the <laughs> the laughable thing though is is seeing her get beat and not that she she's getting beat no that that she got she got beat and then there's another player that um was kind of uh kind of like um showboating or or showing off and that people that fans are upset about this and i'm not sure why they're upset about it because if it happened in men's you know college basketball or you know men's college football or any pro sport Nobody would care, but for some reason there's a difference here because like we've never, because they're supposed to be ladylike. I I don't, I think, or is it a black and white thing or what, what is it? I don't, I I don't get it. Hoffman, I think this is all drummed up. Um, Or is it because they like. I think it's just all drummed up by the media. I think it's in a lot of ways people don't know how to act. This is the first time I feel like a woman's sport has stolen the thunder from like the men's tournament. Yeah. I mean this 100%. this controversy if you want to call it that has really stolen the thunder. The women's tournament by far just incredibly entertaining. Like I said, it stole the thunder from the men's. People don't know how to act. And so they're trying to they're trying to pit A versus B. Um uh, whether it's a race thing, whether it's a, a women's sports thing, whatever it would be, what I what I look at it, my personal opinion is this is a competitive sport. These are the top-tier athletes in that sport. In any other sport, there is an immense amount of trash talk. So why not women's yeah. college basketball? Exactly. Why is this a thing? They've both done the John Cena handshakes yeah. at different points in different games, and now they're now the two top competitors are doing it to each other. This should be must-see TV. This shouldn't be something yeah. that everybody's arguing over and saying, oh, that's classless. Exactly, and you know what? Maybe I'm reading too much into it. So I, I shouldn't make it that it's like that it's black or white, black and white thing. I don't think that it has anything to do with it. I think what what it is is because we've been getting a lot of stuff on our feeds about like oh, just tasteless, absolutely disrespectful. No, I, I the I think what it is is people liked Caitlin Clark so much, like she was she was like at America's sweetheart level mm-hmm. that. Now she she gets beat and it it kind of like took the wind out of the sail. She got people humbled. don't like that. Well, and even like the things that she said in the media, it's like I'm a fan of her, and you know, yeah, she's not bothered by it. So why are we? Yeah, she understands it's part of the game. Exactly. She she enjoys trash talking too, and she I I think that just makes her even more likable. Oh, to, to show that like she's gritty and she's tough and she can take it. I think it comes you know? to the point where it's classless, 
it, it gets the whole situation gets to a point where it's classless. If Caitlin Clark come comes back and she's in the interview post game interviews and she starts trash talking Angela Reese right. and then Angela Reese does it back. But if it, if you're trash talk on the court and you can be mutually respectable, yeah. respect each other off it, I see absolutely no problem in that whatsoever. This thank you. I, it's that's why you love sports is a competition. Yeah. I would you this kind of a sidebar here, Hoffman. Well, used to drive me nuts, and I never understood it. And I understand it now as an adult. But when I was a little kid, I, my favorite teams like the Red Wings or whatever, or or the Pistons. I'd watch the game, and they'd be playing a team like the Bulls that I just couldn't stand, right? Mm-hmm. And after the game, the players are all kind of, they cross paths, and some of them are shaking hands with each other. And I didn't, and I'm thinking to myself, why are you shaking hands with these guys? This is the opposite team. You should be friends with them. <laughs> right. Like, I didn't, I couldn't wrap my head around it. I understand it now. Yeah. But it's just, it's one of those things, like, you want that fierce competition. Right. But you also want to be respectable off the court. Agre- and, yeah, exactly. That, and I I think what Caitlin Clark has done and what uh, Angela Reese has, has done is, is just, I, I think they're both, you know, they're handling it better than, than the American landscape. Than, than the general <laughs> public is. Yeah, they, exactly. They don't know how to act. The, yeah. the the general public is like me at age 10 wondering, why are you guys shaking hands after the game? <laughs> right. <laughs> why, why aren't you guys still mad at each other? No, you understand that it's competition on during yeah, the game. And exactly. Because like, like a lot of these guys and gals, they went to the same high schools. They're friends. Right. You know what I mean? They know each other. They right. cross paths on the recruiting trail. Like it's not, We're not all mortal enemies. Right. Like the media. And that's, that's the media and stuff also wants to kind of push that because that's clickbait you know I, there's a lot there's a lot to it i just don't understand what we're well and i haven't really seen a lot of it in the media i've seen more of it from from fans from people well, like us fans like us on social like, media is what yeah, i should oh, sure, I correct sure. that i'm okay. seeing it on social media you're right it is it's the fans in the comment section on social media yeah i just don't get the i think the surprise is laughable it's like why why is this surprise you or why is it why does it bother you why, is why it does it bother you is it because you don't think michael jordan's talked all sorts of smack right. to the guys he was dogging back oh, in yeah. the day or larry bird or oh, charles yeah. barkley or like or even patrick ewing or like you're uh is it because they're ladies is that why they're you're not, not allowed to have any bravado right exactly Silly, it, uh, it 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 is it is. Next, what what should we talk about? What do you do? You want to talk about WWE and Endeavor, or you want to talk PGA? We, we could we, we could talk about WWE and Endeavor. Okay, all right. WrestleMania was just this past weekend. Phenomenal, I thought, start to finish. Every single man, I enjoy WrestleMania every year, and I know it's it's. Hoffman makes it a point. Yeah, to catch that every single year because it's usually it's during my my birthday month and it had, and it was something that my mom and I shared together. We both like loved wrestling and would would always watch it and talk about it and stuff. Um, I know it's not real sports, but sports entertainment, and I still love it and think it's cool. And that's the one event of the year that I just don't miss. It's it's just super fun and it's the most entertaining. Anyways, every match. Top to bottom, I thought was fantastic. Some big news came out about it that does kind of lead us into real sports, if you will. 
with um, the the partner group Endeavor, which owns uh, UFC, bought fifty one percent of the WWE, which is gigantic news because the WWE is owned by the McMahon family, and they it just news came out the day after WrestleMania that um, they were they were being. Yeah, that fifty-one percent of the the company was being bought by that, which I'm kind of relieved by because the other op- options were that it was going to be bought out by like a Saudi Arabia company and all this other stuff. Um, there's a lot of money over there, uh, or that it might get bought out by another by like New Japan, and New Japan might dissolve it, which I don't think that would ever happen. Couldn't, um, I couldn't imagine that being a thing. No, I mean that the brand of WWE is just so huge. It's it's just a giant, and um, it's there was too press, big to fail. Yeah, well, I, it's there was a press conference at the end of uh, WWE, which a little bit of it it's, it seemed to go so perfect that it almost that seems staged to me <laughs> it seemed <laughs> a little conference? yeah it seemed a little xfl-ish you know but there's one rogue reporter that kind of came out and was asking triple h about um uh paul Avec, triple h about the company the rumors about the company being sold the next day on all this and he just said oh we're not talking about it right now he just shut it down right there and said we're we'll you know we'll uh We'll leave that for another day. Right now, we're just going to enjoy uh, a successful and entertaining WrestleMania, which we just had. And it was every single match, even the matches that I didn't think I'd be interested in, I thought were were fantastic. But anyways, I think this is going to open up a lot of things, a lot of storylines and athletes for crossovers for from UFC to go into the WWE and maybe vice versa, maybe WWE to UFC. That's a less popular notion or just a thing that doesn't doesn't transfer as well i i (laughs) I mean it just doesn't well it seems like the easier move is to go from the real fighting to all right now we're gonna go to ronda rousey route where all right now we're gonna be a star instantly brock lesnar in the wwe i think it makes that transition um for the athletes easier um that's more common transition uh is it possible people could go, wrestlers could go from just well, CM Punk wrestling tried to, do it. to that? I don't know how successful yeah. that's going to be because at that point, the endings aren't scripted. This right. is real. You could go over there and no one's throwing you a bone. They're they're gonna hit you hard. Exactly. Well, and there is a massive amount of tra- not to say that wrestlers don't train hard or don't get hurt, but there it's a whole different ball game. It's like going from from baseball to football or, or you know, it's just it's a completely different thing. Um, the amount of training that CM Punk endured when he was going from being a pro wrestler to being a UFC fighter was unbelievable. It, it was just the and the amount of pressure he faced, too, because everybody was expecting him to fail and uh, or just not do well and. And it, I don't think he's a big enough guy to be able to do that. I think he has the mentality, but it's um that is a very, very, very difficult transition. Now that being said, Hoffman, are they better off 
I mean, that's that's clearly one of the other benefits, but are there any other benefits to this merger? I, don't, I shouldn't say merger because they could operate as two separate companies just under the same parent company. I, I just, think the I think the ultimate... I think maybe the UFC will also benefit from the marketing of the WWE. I feel I the WWE markets its stars yeah. much better than the UFC does. I think the goal is to merge fan bases, is is what it is. Is to make um, WWE fans and UFC fans a one in the same group. I don't know how successful that's going to be, because I think there is a... Uh, Look, everyone loves a great fight, you yeah. know, but there is you there's kind of a looking down upon the wrestling fan, the your traditional hardcore wrestling fan, which I'm not a traditional hardcore wrestling fan. I enjoy it, but I'm real. I'm not following it every week. I'm I'm more of a casual. I, I you catch know, your WrestleMania. Yeah. And, and Royal Rumbles and things like that. And or, you know, Hell in the Cell, the stuff that. You just you really can't miss, but um, I mean, there's guys in there that live and die by it, and just they know every storyline, they know yeah. all the backstories. They, oh yeah, and they take it seriously. Oh you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think what UFC is hoping to to absorb is that fan base being equally as interested in. Um, UFC fighters and their fights. The problem with UFC is is the lack of storylines. You have these well, guys. There, is none. there really? are no storylines. It's just it's a bunch of fighters. And I mean, like that was the appealing thing about even Tyson and Holyfield is that there's storylines. You you know this whole background of Mike Tyson. You mm-hmm. knew this whole background of George Foreman. All these guys. Um, you really don't. You don't follow UFC fighters quite as well unless you really are. You're just a fan of the sport of MMA. Yeah. You know, do you sit there and follow it? But I mean, like for the most part, there's a handful of household names, and you don't. There are no storylines. There's no. There's no. Uh, there's no WrestleMania for the right. UFC. There's no big events like like you can be a. Uh, just a casual golf fan and just tune into the majors yeah. and you'll know some of the household names and you'll kind of, and they're, and they're fun to watch. And you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have that. You, you have that in like a, like a wrestling, yeah. right? Where you can tune into WrestleMania and not necessarily know the storylines, but still be able to enjoy it. Um, like you said, hell in a cell, like different mm-hmm. events like that. UFC doesn't necessarily have that. Right. With, with a one-on-one fight, I think, there's kind of a need for for some sort of storyline or like why are these guys going at each other you know or why you know and i think that's where they're going to miss the mark with um absorbing some of those wrestling fans is cuz they're going to go well why i it's cool to see a fight but you know some of these matches are boring whereas you know grapplers on the ground just trying to to get another guy into a submission you know where in a rest in uh, professional wrestling, it's if if they get a sense that the match is going awry or is is going stale, they do something to liven it up or they end the match. Yeah, the it, the whole point is to keep it entertaining for the full fifteen or twenty minutes. Uh, that's that's exactly right. So I think at the end of the day, I think your benefit for the UFC is the superior marketing of 
and storylines of, of it sounds disrespectful to say, but characters. You know right. what I mean? Because they're not UFC fighters aren't characters, but in that aspect of it is the benefit for the UFC, the benefit for the WWE is going to be your crossover fighters. Mm-hmm. And that'll draw some of the fans for the UFC. So they're they're both I think I mean we're just hypothesizing what right. might happen yeah. with this partnership or this coming underneath the same parent company. You know, I, I, I don't know. They might it might be completely separate and the behind the scenes stuff might happen, like the the higher ups talk and stuff, but nothing that the fans visibly see. You know, you're not gonna see maybe an Anderson right. Silva in the WWE. I don't know. Yeah, you know, maybe you do. I don't know. Like we're hypothesizing, but I think that if they did go that route where they're working with each other more, I think those are the benefits for each one. Exactly. Uh, another little piece of information, which I just heard this morning, was that um, in that interview with, with Vince McMahon, which, by the way, that mustache is absolutely goofy and horrendous. I don't know if you saw pictures of it with Tucky. But I have not. I'm going to look it up right now. Though, yeah. <laughs> you look it up and, and let it shock you. But the Let him find out. <laughs> let him find out. Let him find out. But the, uh, the sale price of this 51% was twenty two billion dollars, Kentucky, twenty two wow. billion dollars with that's, a B. With a B, that's. I mean, wrestling that's is big worldwide. Crazy. UFC is surprisingly big. I mean, I I could be wrong, but like, twenty two billion dollars. That was the sale price. I believe so. Oof! What in the hell is this, Mustache Hoffman? <laughs> what did I tell you? Wait, this is, uh, man, what do I want to, this is like old white pit bull style mustache, <laughs> like pencil thin mustache. Yeah. <laughs> Vince, WWE, New York Post, Vince, WWE's Vince McMahon's bizarre new Salvador Dali mustache goes viral. <laughs> I didn't know that's the proper term for it. It looks like it could be drawn on. How do you even get the razor in there like that? Just to shave the top half of the mustache, <laughs> just to clean it up like that. Boy, that's got to be. That's a lot, yeah. that seems like a lot of work to me. Oh, right. he is. He's Gomez Adams. Yeah, <laughs> he's Gomez Adams stunt double. It's the, I apologize. The McMahon family. Endeavor Group Holdings Inc., the parent company of mixed martial arts. Franchise Ultimate Fighting Championship has agreed to buy World Wrestling Entertainment Inc. in a deal that values the latter at $9.3 billion, including debt, the company's announced Monday. So, I guess I'm, yeah. $9.3 billion is still a ton of money. Which, including debt, I I think that does make, that makes sense, and that does probably bring you to $22 billion. Yeah, Yeah, if you're including debt as well. So... That's, yeah. that's that, a lot of moolah. That is a, a crap ton of money. Man. Holy cow. Yeah, Vince can pay people to, to shave that mustache like him for that. No? <laughs> it's, you know, it's not going to cost him nothing. to. Well, it was funny because I, the interviewer had asked McMahon, like, or McMahon and um, the uh, the gentleman whose uh, name is escaping me, but who's in charge of Endeavor, um, do you think this is really like a... Is this is this good for the WWE or is this good for the McMahon family? And Vince just like looked at him like, "Are you kidding me? Yeah, twenty two billion dollars. Yeah, I mean the way he reacted was 
Yeah. And he gets to keep his job? Yeah. <laughs> right. Because like, they like, only bought 51%, which, I mean, gives them the majority share to make the decisions. However, he still owns 49% of the company, so he's still making money on top of his $22 billion. Yeah, and he gets to keep it. He, he is all about, you know, maintaining the creative control of the WWE, which is... I, yeah, that's McMahon. <laughs> he... He lives and breathes it. I don't know what he would do if he was just sitting at home ah. on a pile of money from now on. That's you know, man. I mean, he was already a billionaire, but now, I mean, yeah. <laughs> For what it's worth now? Holy cow! Yeah, it says his net worth has uh, reached three point one billion. Yeah. Where does that place him among the richest people? I mean, I know. I'm not saying like he's like top five, but gosh, he's got to be That's up good. there. Yeah, you got to be up there. I mean, well, so when we talk about millionaires and billionaires, we're talking what we forget as normal people is liquidity. It's a big, that's oh, a that's yeah. a big big word right there. He's worth that you know three point one billion dollars, but <laughs> that's. That's saying you you sold you sell everything, <laughs> everything that is that he's ever had his name on. You know? Oh, you know the I'm looking at the top one Forbes top 100. Uh, there's people coming in with 8.1 billion, and they're like number 98. So he's still Vince. <laughs> so you still got like you got a ways away, man. He's I don't know if potato. you're gonna yeah your small yeah. potatoes. You're probably not gonna make. You're gonna have to hand that down to your kids, and they're gonna have to expand on that wealth. <laughs> Maybe yeah. Stephanie will get there in her lifetime. Billion dollars is a lot of money. It's more. It's more. I don't need to go there. Anyways, it's more money than you or I can even <laughs> comprehend. Right. <laughs> Anyways, is that our show today? That sounds talk- like it's our show today, Hoffman. That's our show today. We want to remind everyone to to go check out Curveball Collectibles in Saginaw, Michigan. That's at one six six North Center Road in Saginaw, Michigan. Go uh, say hello to Mike and Grayson and Kevin over there and Colton. The whole crew, they're they're awesome guys. They're very knowledgeable. They know all about sports cards, and sports cards are a great thing to get into right now. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's great awesome hobby. hobby, great great awesome hobby, and it's the kids love it. They've got Pokemon cards and stuff there too. Oh yeah, so, they're branching yeah. out. Uh, definitely, they've got everything you could possibly want: Pokemon, soccer, wrestling. All kinds of NASCAR. Stuff. I think I've yeah. seen something like they're getting boxes of NASCAR cards and in now. Formula One and all kinds of stuff yeah. that I, I don't even understand and I've been collecting for like since I was a little guy. So who, who am I looking for in this box? You know, <laughs> no, right. like, exactly. Which kind of reminds you of how fun it was, you know. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, go check out our friends over there. Uh, we will. Uh, we'll catch you next week, folks. Bye bye. You've been listening to the Small Market Podcast. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, send us a message at smallmarketpodcast at gmail.com, or get more behind-the-scenes writings from Hoffman at smallmarketpodcast.blogspot.com. Music for the Small Market Podcast has been provided by the 8-Arm Killer.